right, welcome to the Condor Climbing Cast, the very first one. That's pretty neat. If you're listening, thanks. Um, if, if you're not from the Kansas City community, cool. Don't know how you found this, but I'm stoked that you did. That's awesome. On this podcast, um, I'll be talking mostly about climbing, um, kind of giving my insight on my perspective uh, with life and climbing. Uh, that may be training, mindfulness, uh, general practice principles, all that jazz. Um, I've been a coach for probably around six years now. I've been climbing for probably 11 years. Um, so I've got a decent amount of knowledge to share. But um, this week for the first podcast, I guess this week this is the first podcast. So um, we're going to be talking about Uh, Questions that I've been getting a lot this week, um, both in submissions and uh, just questions that have been coming up a lot. If you hear any grumbling in the background, um, that's my dog Jax. He is frustrated at me because I'm talking to myself instead of paying attention to him. So if you hear that, that's him in the background. Um, Question one... This comes up a lot. It's, how can I get over my climbing plateau? That's a good question. The best way to get over a plateau is to first unidentify with where you currently are. So if that's, if if you would identify yourself as a V5 climber, stop it. (laughs) Uh, You're not defined by the grade that you climb. Um, so first I would say try to unidentify um, with one of the grading scales and just start trying harder things. If, if you normally climb V5, go try some V7s. Um, if you normally climb 512A, go try some 512Ds. Um, just get yourself on some new terrain, different holds, different areas of the gym say there's like a like a moon board and you've never moon boarded before well go do that because just never doing that before will will help you get gains that you don't already have um, if you're a sport climber like if you would identify more with being a sport climber go boulder bouldering is um, really going to help with that with that power and, and strength and um, giving you giving you honestly more endurance because you'll just be stronger. Um, so holds will feel easier, um, which is always nice. Uh, I think getting over a plateau also takes probably trying some different things. So if you have kind of your regimen that you do every time you come into the gym, the climbing gym, try to switch it up. Um, do the opposite of what you've been doing. It's kind of um, Tim Ferriss. Uh, he's really popular podcast. He literally has a technique that he calls do the opposite. Um, and that works really well too. And that goes for like, if you more just come in the gym and you just climb until your arms almost fall off, um, then maybe take a rest day, uh, or just come in do a shorter session 
Um, but try like one specific hard climb with a lot of rest. Uh, messing, messing with rest intervals um, is a really helpful thing to kind of uh, measure your training. It's like if I'm training uh, power for bouldering, I need to be resting for a long time if I'm doing like limit bouldering, uh, which is like you're trying a climb that you probably can't do all the moves for at least a whole session, probably longer. Um, but time your rests. So say I do an attempt, okay, I set a timer for five minutes. I can't get on that climb until that five minutes is up. So uh, you're, you're very, you just measure more. Measure more and do the opposite. <laughs> Number two was best method for injury prevention. So I would say do injury prevention before you get injured. Um, it's very common, and I've, I've been super guilty of this, to start injury prevention after I'm hurt. And I see a lot of climbers do that, especially with, with fingers, is they'll start doing all the necessary things after they get hurt. Um, so go through those motions before you're injured and after you get through an injury. Um, some, a common thing that I do is if I do a hangboard session during the week, that's when I do all of my antagonist training. So, um, it just feels, it feels like a good, um, a good combination. Uh, and an antagonist training is basically the opposite of what you do when you climb. So. If you're pulling when you climb, you need to do some more pushing stuff. Uh, so antagonist could be, you know, shoulder work, scapular work, push-ups, um, anything that, that you don't work when you climb so you can stay nice and balanced. Um, that's why so many people get golfers elbow um, because they're not, they're, they're doing lots and lots of pulling, um, but no pushing. Okay, let's see. The third one was what should I do for warm what should I do for warm up and cool down? Um so if you're newer to to kind of having a structured warm up and cool down, it might be good to add some structure at first just to kind of get in the swing of things. Um, a good warm-up that I like to do is uh, aerobic to start. So doing running, um, just moving around and kind of starting to sweat a little bit is, is helpful to start. And then I like to get weird. I like to get on the ground, um, simulate kind of climbing style movements, but on the ground and kind of a push-up position. So I'll do like I'll stay as low as I can and I'll do like wide sweeping reaches with my hips open. I'll step my leg next to my head and kind of squat around. Um, I'll, I'll do animal walks and animal crawls. Um, I just, I like to get weird. I like to have some fun with my warmups and they're not always the same, but it's good to start with structure and then you can kind of break the structure once you um, have a feel of what it actually feels like to be warm because 
you could follow someone else's warm up regimen, but that doesn't mean that you're going to actually be fully warm after copying theirs. Um, but a common one that I prescribe, I'll have to think it through, is usually starting with like uh, jumping jacks or jogging or a Jacob's ladder, um, which is just a med- it's a total medieval torture device. A Jacob's ladder is. Um, if you never used one, um, I love it for warm up. Um, it helps get the blood flowing and it makes me break a sweat fast, but starting with something like that and then moving towards some push-ups. Um, I like to do like leg throws for hip hip openers. So you like hold a bar, kick your leg out. Um, it's really hard to explain, I guess, but doing, doing leg kicks to open those hips up, um, pull-ups, of course. I've noticed pull-ups can be a little bit hard on the inner arm for warm-up, so doing negative pull-ups is helpful. Um, if you're kind of having uh, golfers or inner arm issues, uh, and a negative pull-up is when you start over the bar and slowly lower, um, so that feels pretty good for warm-up. And then we can transition to some lunges. I like doing drop knees during lunges. I'm sure that uh, non-climber practitioners would say that's probably a terrible idea, but we do drop knees in climbing, so might as well do some during warm-up. I don't know. That's how I look at it, at least. Maybe I'm totally wrong, so don't listen to me. Um, And then usually moving on to some arm circles, just how they sound, just straight arms, doing big wide circles to warm up the shoulders and then doing smaller circles. Um, Really good to get the shoulders warm and then it's nice to do finger flicks. It's when you extend your arms and tighten your fists together and flick your fingers out. Um, You kind of make a tight bald fist and flick your fingers out hard. Kind of get your fingers the blood flowing in your fingers a little bit, especially if it's really freaking cold, Um, which, you know, like our gym, um, I climb out of ROKC. Our gym's in a pretty old building, so during the winter it can get a wee bit cold, so that's helpful. Um, I'm probably leaving some stuff out, but that gives you a good start. Um, As far as climbing warm-up, just take your time. Uh, start easy. Climb well for warm up. Don't rush warm up, especially on the climbing wall, because if you climb sloppy and you're trying to kick holes in the wall while you're warming up with sloppy feet and just throwing yourself around, that's how you're gonna climb when it counts. That's how you're gonna climb on your on your project later. So. That warm-up will definitely transfer um, to the rest of your session. So take your time, climb nice, climb sexy even, like climb like somebody's watching, um, and work your way up. Uh, it's also good if you have a specific climb in mind or a project to warm up specifically for that project. 
So say I have like just this mad dog compression climb on slopers. Like I'm probably going to want to do a little bit of that style for warm up. Um, so I'm warm and I'm ready to go. Uh, say say I'm I'm climbing a sport route uh, for my project that's really pumpy. I'm gonna want to slowly work in um, like a circuit that gets me a little bit pumped. Want to get warm first so I don't get flash pumped, but getting a little bit pumped will kind of get you primed and ready to um, address that feeling and be able to work through it so you're more ready for what you're actually gonna do that day. Let's see, for cool down, kind of the same thing as warm up. Structure it first, and then you can kind of play with it later. Um, I like to stretch for cool down. So I get done climbing, I go, I do some like more movement stuff, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do stretching. Definitely lots of hip stretches. Um, pigeon's great. Um, let's see. Pigeon's a good start, and then usually like frog stretch, lots of hip stuff. Um, and then it's good to stretch your shoulders. Dead blood, dead blood. That's not what I meant. Dead bug floor slides. Look them up online because I'm not going to try to explain it, but those are great for shoulder mobility. Um, so that's a great one to end with. Um, just, just your general stretching, um, is great for a cool down. Um, and then you can, you can hold a little bit longer too with the stretches because you're warm because you just had a climbing session. Um, so yeah, take your time, start with structure and then you can break that structure as you get more used to it. Um, but get into your body, like warm up. Warm-up shouldn't be a super cerebral activity. You should be breathing. You should be kind of getting a feel of how you're, how you're actually doing that day. Um, take note of where your body's at. Because if you plan on just wrecking yourself that day and you already feel sore and tired and, like, moody or, I don't know, you're hungry, like, take note of that stuff and take your time and... Um, you'll be great, maybe, hopefully, that'd be nice. Okay, let's see. Best way to train finger strength. Let me drink some water real quick. Okay, best way to train finger strength. Well... First, decide what type of finger strength you need. I think, oddly enough, the safest way to train fingers is often hangboarding, but you have to make sure you're doing it correctly. That's an important distinction um, because I'll go into the gym and I'll, I'll see some wild stuff happening in the hangboard area, and it's a, it's a, bit, it's a bit alarming. Um, I see, yeah, I see a lot of stuff going on over there. Um, proper form is super important when hangboarding. So that's the first thing you kind of want to address. And if 
if a lot of people are curious about hangboard form, I can make a video. So if anybody is listening to this, if anybody's listening to this anyways, but if anybody is listening to this and also wants form check for hangboarding, send me a video or just request me to make a video and I'll, I'll make a video on, on form. Ava Lopez, um, she's one of the only people that have, has done extensive research on hangboard training. Um, she has some awesome videos on form too and also has some great research on it if you want to read research papers. Um, I like reading that stuff. I think it's interesting. So read Ava Lopez's stuff because she knows a hell of a lot more than me and definitely a lot more than most other people too. But anyways, so form's important and then make the distinction of what you want to accomplish. So the three uh, most researched hangboarding techniques are intermittent hangs, which are also known as um, repeaters. And then we've got minimum edge hangs, which is hanging from very small edge. And then we've got max weight hangs. So max weight hangs are usually hanging on something a little more positive, but adding a turd load of weight on yourself. Um, so those are the three most important types. Uh, minimum edge and max weight hangs are going to be best for building strength and power. The intermittent hangs are going to be best for building power endurance. So we're going to kind of talk about some power endurance in the next part. But yeah, decide what you need to train. If you feel like you're just, you just don't want to grab small edges because it just hurts and um, it makes you not like climbing as much, uh, maybe train those. Um, if you want more just finger strength, doing... Um, your max weight hangs are going to help with that. Um, and then if you just get pumped out of your mind, like on sport climbs or even boulders, maybe intermittent hangs are something to work on so you can work through um, getting super pumped. So first, oh yeah, next part that's important. Once you figure out what you're doing and you have good form, you want to measure with time what you're doing. So say for an intermittent hang, my time breakdown might look like um, 10 seconds on, 5 seconds off, 3 reps, and then I'm going to do like 3 sets with um, like a minute rest between sets. Like That could be a good protocol. Protocol is basically the the standards of measurement that you're using, I guess you could say. So you can just distinguish that and then you want to make a small change each week. So say like, we'll add a set each week. Um, or you can add a few, like a rep each week. You want to do some sort of change um, to keep your um, mind and body kind of uh, still on its feet and learning and getting stronger. Um, let's see, what else? 
So after you have the form down, you have your protocol, um, you want to make sure that you don't train to failure when you're training hangboard training. That's important. So say we have like a one of those like engine light meters. Green is green is good to go. Red is red line, like muscle explosion, um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in that movie where he's on Mars and doesn't have any oxygen and his head gets really big and he's about to explode. So we don't want to get there. We want to try to stay in around the orange. So if it's a scale of 1 to 10, we want to be at like a 7. We don't want to push past a 7. Um, the research out there just says that it's not worth pushing to failure um, because the gains that you get just aren't, they aren't worth it. So train to orange, not red. So that means, and that does mean if you drop form, that counts as failure. So keep that in mind too. You might need a partner to hang out with you to tell you that your form is doo-doo and you need to drop homie because you ain't as strong as you think you is. Okay, that mostly explains how to train finger strength. Of course, you can just rock climb to train finger strength. That's a great way to do it. Um, just keep in mind that I say hangboarding because it's you're training kind of in a vacuum if you're doing it right. You can control the environment. I mean, unless there's kids running around you in circles and throwing weights around, which hopefully that's not happening, but could be. Um, so if that's not happening, you're training in a controlled environment and you can control kind of the load that you're putting on your body. If you're just doing general climbing, um, a lot can go wrong uh, when you're training on newer holds or smaller holds and all that jazz. Okay, we are going to move on. Let's see. What's the difference between endurance and power endurance? Good question. That question's been coming up a lot lately. So, the difference between endurance and power endurance. Well, endurance is base aerobic endurance. So, um, that is, let's numbers again, scale of one to 10. You're not pushing past like a five or six. So it's heart rate. Your heart rate's going up. You're breaking a sweat. You're working, but you're not getting pumped out of your mind. And that's the main thing. You're not getting pumped out of your mind. You're able to keep enough oxygen flowing. You're not deprived of oxygen. Um, so you're working your cardiovascular system mostly, your aerobic system, working that heart. And that's usually a good, a good thing to do. Um, like if I was doing 10 weeks of training, maybe my first four weeks would be a more um, pure endurance work, kind of to build, they call it building that base. So if you hear someone say, you got to build that base, um, that's what the hell they're talking about. 
Um, power endurance. So power endurance is kind of the idea of getting pumped out of your mind. Um, it's your ability to continuously pull that extra bit when you're really tired, um, you're losing oxygen, you're breathing heavy, but you're still rock climbing. Your arms look like they're going to explode. Someone from the ground knows that you're tired because you might be getting that Elvis leg going. It's getting a little bit spiritual up there. It's getting a little bit weird. That's power endurance. Um, best way to train power endurance is oftentimes stacking some boulders. So doing like sub-maximal boulders right in a row with minimal rest. Um, a lot of power endurance is going to be climbing with minimal rest on like, you know, seven to eight as far as like pushing it. You're not, you're not hitting like rapid failure, which is like you're not able to pull the moves, but you're having to really dial up technique because each time you're getting more and more tired. Um, so like a four by four, four climbs, um, four times on each of those climbs to get 16 total. That's a good way to train power endurance. I really like tracking mine with um, timing, kind of like we talked about earlier. So say my first, I, I have my climb, I'm going to repeat it four times. So I'll give myself a minute to both climb that climb and to rest for the rest of the minute. So say I climb it in like 40 seconds. I have 20 seconds to rest before I do the second rep. Um, and then I'll do that four times and then I'll rest for a full four minutes and then I'll switch to another climb. Um, that's a good way to measure it um, because you can kind of rest for the same amount as you're climbing after the set. Um, it seems to work pretty well. And then you're repeating the same climb. So ideally your, your technique and your form and your mastery of that climb is getting a little bit better on each attempt as you're getting more tired. So it practices um, holding the technique and just mental game together while you're just really tired. Like you have no business still holding on, but you are. Um, that's kind of what you're training when you're training power endurance. Yeah, I think that another exercise that um, the power company gave me this idea, but it involves the moon board and a campus rung. I like to use a campus rung with a kickboard. So I'll do I'll do a boulder like a submaximal boulder on the moon board, then I'll go over to the campus rung with my feet on footholds, and I'll just do bumps up and down, up and down. Um, say like I'll bump up and down once on each arm, and then I'll come back to the moon board, repeat that problem. Go back to the campus ladder, but do two full um, up up downs on that. So I'm getting more tired from doing the um, campus rungs, and then I'm trying a really powerful boulder on the moon board. So that practices say for sport climbing, um, doing a difficult like bouldering sequence, getting pumped out of your mind, and then doing another hard bouldering sequence. Um, which happens a lot when you're kind of 
bumping up the difficulty of sport climbs. A lot of times they'll have, I guess it depends on the area and the type of climbing, but a lot of sport climbs are or can be stacked boulders or will have a boulder crux. So that helps, that helps train um, that idea. Let's see. Okay. We're actually already to the last question. So that's pretty neat. Um, and it is what in the hell is hypertrophy? That's a good question. Hypertrophy is basically the enlargement of your cells. So it, and you're, so you're building muscle mass. That's why it's so important to distinguish power and power endurance and pure endurance because power endurance is enlarging your cells. You're getting, you're getting more muscle, you get more blood flow. You're able to oftentimes recover faster through hypertrophy. But if you're trying to train aerobic endurance and you're climbing too hard, you're going to bump yourself into a different system and you're no longer training um, aerobic endurance. You're training anaerobic endurance, which is building your hypertrophic system, which you're not trying to do when you're building base endurance. So you really want to make sure when you're doing base endurance that you try to keep yourself like under a six as far as like the difficulty scale goes you shouldn't be getting super pumped um, so try to rest off that pump if you're getting a little pumped when you're training for endurance um, or give yourself something to focus on instead of like climbing hard which brings us to kind of what i've been working on lately um, i've actually been developing a mindfulness workshop um, for climbers honestly for that specific reason um, because a lot of times when i write people training especially for aerobic climbing um, they'll come to me and they'll be like i'm getting pumped out of my mind is that is is that what i should be doing for base endurance and it's like no that's that's not what you should be doing for base endurance um you gotta take it a little easier um, so this this workshop that i've been working on um, the first few lessons are going to work on um, building your awareness and keeping you focused on the little things like breath and footwork and grip um, that are going to really, really help your climbing technique and um, help you in the long run, but also keep you focused on um, other things than just climbing hard. So hopefully through this workshop, uh, we'll be able to get people climbing on easier terrain, but focusing on technique and breath and just climbing well um, while you're kind of building your cardiovascular system. So now to find that, I have a sample. It's patreon.com slash condor climbing. Um, I have the sample of the workshop. It's called, what is it called? The first installment is going to be called building your awareness uh, but it's called climbing into presence is the name of the full workshop so check that out especially if you're trying to train your base endurance and kind of need something to occupy you and uh, hopefully i should be able to finish that pretty soon and get that out to patrons so if you're looking for for something like that that's 
more mindfulness while climbing and not just like trying to get buff, then um, that could be a good option. But cool. That will conclude our first episode. That actually, we actually flew through that. Um, anybody that's uh, listening, I, I appreciate you joining in. And I'm always up for ideas for topics. I'm, I'm basically open to, uh, to anything. I'm open to also um, doing an interview, talking to some climbers, talking to non-climbers. I don't really care. Um, I, I like these uh, user submission questions. So keep sending me questions. If you want to shoot me a question, uh, it's Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R, at climbkc.com. You can find me there, and then my website's Condor, like the bird, C-O-N-D-O-R, climbing.com. I've got a lot of my techniques, tactics, um, breathwork stuff. That's all there, and you can also find my Patreon through that, too. So check it out. And thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Thanks. I love you. Bye.